I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The World Cricket Show is proudly supported by Newbury Cricket Bats. Quality bat makers since 1919. Yeah, not, you don't have to say bats. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show. Back on the air this week in spite of deeply disheartening popular demand. My name is Adam Bayfield and I'll be your host tonight. And this guy is Tony Kerr. Literally, if people just sort of playing podcasts through in a queue of podcasts they listen to and that's just popped up, they'll be sort of wiping their ears. Yeah, trying to kind of work out if their you know their ears are kidding them. Well, we're, yeah, it's been a wild time. We're back, back on the air. Uh, it's been like ne- <laughs> nearly two months or something since we last did a podcast. Arguably, as well, we went missing in <laughs> like what most people would agree has been the greatest summer of cricket in history. Uh, I just switched off. You know, I just got bored of it. <laughs> it's like when you turn off, like yeah, turn off something after you know football match after kind of twenty minutes, and it turns into an absolute classic. Yeah, no, it's true, isn't it? It has been, you know, we knew it would be beforehand and it did turn out to be like arguably one of the biggest summers of cricket ever. And we just didn't really fancy it. Just <laughs> checked out. And I think that's point. us, you know, we're not, we just, we're not, we want to swim against the grain. If that's an expression. <laughs> Might be mixing your metaphors yeah. there. Yeah. Cricket got way too mainstream for us this summer. That's one explanation for it is that uh, is that we just didn't fancy it. There's been a few a few theories floating around. Yeah, yeah. Someone wrote an iTunes review on the Australian store, giving us two stars. That basically said, you know, love the podcast, but uh, they go missing when <laughs> England lose the Ashes. You know, I thought I thought you know me having a baby might be a reasonable excuse, but um, uh, apparently not. I mean, it was good timing, that's for sure. Convenient. Yeah, timing, very, convenient. very convenient. Now, there's a few theories floating around. Another theory was that the podcast was prorogued <laughs> for a couple of months. Uh, and, you know, there's been an explosive court case. It's brought about this. That would have been a good joke if we'd returned <laughs> yeah, about, about three weeks <laughs> five ago. weeks ago. But it's a little bit dated now. Another theory is that uh, you've been cancelled, Tone. Not the podcast, but you personally, uh, because of all the bonkers things you've been saying. All those tweets from... So sort of 10 years ago yeah been dredged back up <laughs> ultimately the truth is that we've you know we've just been busy i've had a baby you've had a lot of well actually what have you been doing i don't know really no i don't think don't you've know. got an excuse but although i say that like yeah a few people have been tweeting in where's the podcast gone and i'd tweet a reply like yeah sorry mate you know we'll be back soon but just too busy at the moment and then put my phone <laughs> down and flick on another episode of veronica mars just <laughs> binging it um so, so it's possibly you know possibly not a a watertight excuse but anyway we are back how have you been tone over the last yeah, couple of months very good thanks and there's a bit of cricket to talk about as well isn't there? there's quite a bit of cricket has happened in the time that we've been away i i guess it, yeah it's like where do we start really i mean i'm hoping you've worked this out well yeah there, well there, there's lots of things to discuss i mean i know you want to talk about the hundred We've got the uh, the hundred draft coming up on Sunday. We've certainly got some opinions about the hundred, so we could uh, we could get into that. There's also, you know, there's a, there's a big cricket tournament happening. Tone, I'm sure, as I'm sure you're well aware. I'm sure you, I'm sure you like me have come down with Test Championship fever. You know, there's only really one topic on everyone's lips at the moment, isn't there? Forget Brexit. The Test Championship is what people are talking about. We have talked about it on the pod before, like back when it, you know, back when it was just an idea, when it was just a a glimmer in the eye of uh, of Giles Clark or whoever it was that, that dreamed it up. But it is now happening, so we're going to be discussing that later on. Lots happening around the England team as well. England have got a new head coach. Chris Silverwood has been appointed to replace Trevor Bayliss. So uh, we'll be talking about that. It would probably be a bit weird if we didn't talk about the Ashes, which I know was ages and ages ago now, and everyone's 
you know, long since forgotten about it. But we haven't done a podcast since the third test of that series. So, you know, perhaps we should do a, a quick few minutes. Should we start with that quick few minutes on the ashes? <laughs> Some nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. Which ashes series are we talking <laughs> about? Um, I mean, to be fair, I know this is actually true that there are some listeners, you know, perhaps in far flung parts of the world uh, who only get their cricket news through the World Cricket Show. I'm thinking I mean, they'd be mad. But Far flung parts of the world like Ballam, London correspondent <laughs> Gordon McRae is one of those people. So, yeah, should we start with that? Should we uh, just quickly, just a, a quick few minutes about the Ashes? I say it is a long time ago now. Uh, so let me recap for you. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but breaking news, Australia retained the Ashes, Tone. Uh, although the series did finish as a two-all draw after England won the final test at the Oval, but that was largely irrelevant to the outcome because, yeah, Australia's victory in the fourth test at Old Trafford uh, was enough to retain the urn uh, on English shores for the first time since 2001. That win at Old Trafford was set up by a quite astonishing double century from Steve Smith, who was only out for less than 50 once in the whole series. So yeah, this is a long time ago now, Tone. The dust has very much settled. Looking back on the series now, how do you feel about it? Well, you know, was it a good series? Where does it rank in the in the pantheon of Ashes series? And, and what, what did you think about England's performance? What did you think about Australia retaining it? There's a lot of questions there for you to sift through, but what do you think about the Ashes? <laughs> I mean, I normally struggle to remember what happened, you know, in a, in a match last week. So this is this is tough. This is testing all my powers of recall. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, like obviously, it's a classic series. It's a classic Ashes series. I don't, I, I don't think I'll remember it as the best. It hasn't topped two thousand and five. This is probably where we left off. Yeah, <laughs> exactly <laughs> the same ago. conversation. Uh, it, it hasn't topped two thousand five. I, th- I think there's a, there's an element of a, an unsatisfactory finish. You know, the fact that it is a draw in Australia retain just only retained the Ashes. They didn't sort of win it. I think, you know, and okay, you can go into the, the fact that England didn't win the World Cup, whatever. But, you know, in terms of a classic series, or if it was to, to, to be right at the top there, I think we'd have needed a winner for me. Uh, but So you're saying your bottom line is Australia didn't win the series? <laughs> no, I, I think, I mean... This guy who wrote the iChange review is not going to be gonna impressed. Be livid. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, because I, I, I mean, I think, yeah, there is, it, it's, it's unfinished business, isn't it? They've still not won an Ashes series in England for quite a while. I mean, but, but do you think they will be, like, there's, a, there's an element of, of the England support, people perhaps like you, for whom, like, the fact that it was a drawn series, it, that Australia only retained, they didn't win the Ashes, that that is kind of a, that it's not as, bad for England and that Australia, yeah, can't feel as satisfied because they haven't won it. But do you think Australia care? Do you think they will feel unsatisfied? No, I think they'll be pretty pleased because they've had a really bad time of it, haven't they, in the last kind of decade and, and a bit in England. So Australia deserved to retain the ashes, I think, on on the basis that obviously it was a drawn series. But on the balance of the performances and the, uh, and, you know, what their, their players, their big players produced... Yeah, definitely. But I mean, you know, it is for a footballing comparison. Yeah, it's, it's a good point away from home, isn't it? It's, uh, you know, they haven't, it's not like a famous victory. Mm. I, I think you've got to win the series to be, yeah, to although call it they winning might the series. argue that the final test was a dead rubber because, yes, all right, the series was still live. It could still be drawn and it still was drawn. But they'd won the Ashes. They'd sell, well, they'd retained the Ashes, but they'd celebrated the achievement of the Ashes. So they went into the final test knowing that it, it didn't really matter. And they might well say, well, if if the task was to w- to win the series and only win the series, that they might have approached that game in a different way. I mean, I don't know. They might not have done. But, you know, they'd had all the celebrations and it was a it was a kind of after the... Yeah, no, I think that's a fair the point. Show. And those are the rules, aren't they? Like, it is a yeah, bit it's of a an... peculiarity, isn't it? It's, it's, a- it, it's an odd thing about the Ashes because like for England, a home draw against India or South Africa or someone like that wouldn't be a disaster by any means. You know, they might not be delighted because they'd want to win the series, but it wouldn't be a disaster. But in the Ashes, it is a bit more binary. But those are the rules. Everyone knows that coming into it. Everyone knows what the task is. And you mentioned the World Cup final. So winning the Ashes for you, well, no, sorry. What you're saying is that winning the Ashes is retaining the Ashes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because one team is celebrating with the urn and the other one isn't. 
I mean, I think you could arguably change the rules and say that uh, it's not the team that won it before that retains it, but it's the team away from home, potentially, given how difficult it is to win away from home at the moment. But that's not the rule. The rule is what it is. And, you know, and in this case, if that was the rule, Australia would have retained them anyway. But you mentioned the World Cup final. I mean, we said at the time, yeah, it finished as a tie and the tiebreaker <laughs> finished as a tie. But England won on this weird technicality, but that was the rule and you've yeah. got to accept it. And no, I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. I mean, it, you know, it's the first drawn Ashes series, isn't it? Since the set, like, you know, since 72. So in a way, yeah, I think you're, you're, you're arguably right. <laughs> very begrudging very begrudging but 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 I, you know, in I a just, way you're arguably right yeah. yeah so no i think yeah maybe you're right you've convinced me i'll but, take it i'll take it but i still think you want to win the series like yeah well of course you know, yeah. they, i still want to get celebrating at retaining the ashes but you want to go on and you know have, have been the definitively the better side in the series when actually you know it's a draw i mean we'll come on to england in a moment <clears throat> i don't think it necessarily uh what's the what's that word obvi obviate obfuscate obfuscate it doesn't get england out of the woods in terms of their kind of you know where they are in test terms but equally i don't think it i don't think it's as bad as people make i I always say this i think i don't think it's as bad as people make out like literally people it seems like most or a lot of cricket fans a lot of just people in england seem to think that england should win everything all the time and anything less than that is like is at worst gutting, and it, uh, you know, and, no, sorry, is at best gutting, and at worst, an you know, absolute crisis. Mm. Uh, so I, yeah, I think like some of the analysis has just been way over the top. Just but, looking uh, at my notes here now, and uh, <laughs> getting a bit worried. The word crisis is underlined. But let, let, let England won the world. Okay, England drew slash won the World Cup and played yeah pretty significant role with some fantastic moments in maybe not the greatest Ashes series of all time, but one of the great Ashes series. They had a good summer. I don't think there's too... Like, yeah, there are things like, you know, uh, you know. I think as we, we'll come on to Silverwood's appointment, you know, some of the expressions that have been used, like, you know, sort of nudge the needle a little bit back towards Test cricket. You know, I, I just... I don't think we necessarily can be great at all things all the time. And yes, a little bit more of a refocusing on Test cricket would be would be nice because people like Test cricket and want us to be good at it. Or the England fans want England to be good at it. But uh, but yeah, you're living proof of that, aren't you? That you, you can't be great at, <laughs> at all things all the time. Yeah, I think in a way you're arguably right, Tay. And I think there's certainly Cheers. there's a a way of looking at this that in a summer where England won the World Cup for the first time, it would have been very easy. You know, given that a, a lot of the same players then went into uh, five test Ashes series plus the test against Ireland, it was six tests in seven weeks or something. It would have been very easy for them to have lost a bit of um, intensity, a bit of focus, and to have lost that series and even lost it quite badly against what is a good Australia team with one of the best batsmen that's ever played test cricket, who had, you know, one of the best series that anyone's ever had in test cricket. So I think, yeah, there's definitely a way of looking at it and saying that England actually did really quite well to hang in there and, and end up with a drawn series, which, as I say, if it wasn't the Ashes, would be would not be that bad a result by any means. But that said, that said, I mean, I, I do, I think I do essentially feel like that. My only, my only reservation about that is just that I think that would be, I'd be more willing to sign up to that view if England had been really good in test cricket for quite a few years coming up to that point you know, just there are a lot of problems in the team and the, not that many of them have been solved in this series. And I'm I'm less, I'm more reluctant than you perhaps to kind of let England off in test cricket because I just feel like it's been years where they've just not been real about how far away they are from being where they think That's they are. That's a slightly, well, yeah, that to me though, that seems like a slightly different issue in that yeah, it, yeah. You're, you're saying, you're if without that kind of the gloss that they've tried or the the, kind of coach captain whatever the kind of you know the people who frame England cricket the kind of gloss they've put on things over the last few years without that you'd be happy for them you'd be like oh, okay good effort lads no I think like if their results had been better over the last few years and some people would say the results haven't been that bad but I just, like it just as a fan of England and as a fan of test cricket it frustrates me that they just really haven't this team really hasn't moved on at all in the last few years and it you know, hasn't shown much sign of improving. And that's doubly frustrating when you then feel that the people at the centre of it don't see that. But, 
as you say, that's maybe more of a communication thing than anything else. And actually, if you kind of drill down into this series, there there are some signs of improvement. Even somebody like Joe Denley did uh, knuckle down and, and produce a few important scores. And he's, you know, ancient at 32. Um, but, you know, he could have a few years ahead of him. And there were some signs that, you know, and then Joffre Archer coming in is obviously a, a massive a massive plus. So there are some signs that this team is developing. And Burns. And Burns, yeah, Burns scored some runs and and, and played important <laughs> and played. in this too. And he played, Burns in, played. played in the Ashes. I, I, I'm not by any means saying that this is a crisis, a disaster, there needs to be a, an inquest or anything like that. It It's just... It was mildly disappointing, I think, from a from an English perspective. And but the flip side of that, or the the other side of the coin, is uh, what, it is a terrific achievement for Australia. Like you're right, they'll have wanted to win the series. They'll have been disappointed by that final test and that they're leaving without actually winning in England. But they've retained the Ashes. That's ultimately that's what they set out. That was the pass mark to do. I mean, was it all about Steve Smith? Do you think he scored 774 runs in four tests? Uh, which means he is the leading run scorer this year in four tests. Got 150 runs more than Ben Stokes. He's the second highest run scorer this year in half the number of games. You know, if you take Smith out... I mean, uh, yeah, a lot of people at the time said, you know, if you think it's only about Steve Smith, you're an idiot. Right. Uh, But I mean, it's kind of hard though to, to look at it and not think it was mostly about Steve Smith. I mean, like it wasn't all about Steve Smith, obviously. You know, and that, but that's not a bad, you know, that's not a negative thing. He was unstoppable pretty much. The uh, only meaningful test in inverted commas that England won was the one he didn't play. And mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, we, you know, we witnessed something pretty special and, and, and some of the battle with Joffre Archer, you know, is, was pretty unforgettable. You know, all of the stuff about Smith's kind of leaving and, and everything, you know, it, it, there was a real mystique about him this summer. Uh, and and you know, as a cricket fan, that was brilliant. Yeah, and I think like you're absolutely right. Like it is true that if you take Smith out, if you take out his 774 runs, all right, someone else plays instead. So it would maybe score some of those runs. But if it's Usman Kawaja or someone, it's not going to be anywhere near that. So if you take Smith out, England do win the series. But then you could also say if you take, yeah, if you take any play- if you leave Smith and take Stokes out of England, then they definitely lose 3-1 and uh, maybe worse. So that's not really an argument. But yeah, it is, it's just, it is Smith's ashes really, isn't it? Um, one thing that I've seen crop up a few times in the, in, the, you know, in the analysis that I found slightly odd is people talking about his technique, which is obviously this, you know, kind of bizarre to watch shuffling about and all that stuff he does. And people saying, oh, well, this is interesting because you'd never coach that. So maybe we need to throw out the coaching manual. You know, maybe kids need to be not kind of constrained to that orthodox technique and, tell, and tr- you know, try and bat like Steve Smith. But I mean, look, I'm not an expert on technique. Perhaps I shouldn't admit that because I've been coaching you for uh, 15 years. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll have that money back, Mike please. <laughs> those 15 ducks in a row or whatever it was. Yeah, like I, I really don't think you can uh, look at Steve Smith and think I'm going to copy that and expect to be successful because the reason it's so astonishing is because no one should be able to bat successfully like that because it doesn't make any sense. And what it is, is he has, you know, extraordinary and extraordinarily rare hand-eye coordination. If, you, if, he, if his hand-eye coordination wasn't as good as it is, he would get out all the time. It's only because he never misses the ball that it works because he's stepping across to the offside and turning it away into leg. And you see the England bowlers, like pretty much every ball would be like hands on heads because they feel like they've almost got him out LBW. And anyone else would miss every so often. Smith never missed. My point is just, I don't think you can emulate that. No, Uh, and you should just enjoy, you should marvel at it in the same way that, you know, like Usain Bolt running mm. 9.5 eight or whatever it was uh it's a, a kind of natural skill or a natural ability that you know few possess and you know it's just annoying if you're the opposition but but pretty special as a general fan of the game hmm. i mean having said it was all about steve smith it you know that's probably a little unfair because uh the australian bowling attack 
was vital. You know, it was tremendously important to the result as well, particularly Hazelwood and Cummins. I mean, it's, it's kind of mental looking back that Hazelwood didn't play the first test because, you know, he was so good. The remaining four, Marnus Labashain as well came in and, you know, and ground out some important innings. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a historic achievement for Australia. Um, hats off, I suppose. Yeah. Going back to England. So I mentioned at the top of the show that they've got a new head coach. So Trevor Bayliss left his post at the, you know, at the end of the series, at the end of the summer. So the new man is Chris Silverwood, who was the bowling coach. He's been promoted to take on the main role. So this was a bit of a surprise tone. The, the word going round, you know, doing the rounds, uh, was that Gary Kirsten was in line to get the job, was maybe nailed on to get the job. He's obviously someone who in the past has coached India, has coached South Africa, had a lot of success with both sides, particularly India. He hasn't coached at international level for six years, um, but is still regarded as, as you know, one of the absolute top coaches in the world. And yeah, we, we were all told that um, he was about to take over but then the announcement came through that Chris Silverwood had been appointed instead yeah were you uh, were you surprised by that Tone? I don't know if I was surprised uh, <laughs> were you uh, were you astonished by that yeah uh, I, I don't know were you, I, mean, were you, I wasn't really you, I wasn't really interested thinking about, oh, no, of course I was interested <laughs> I wasn't really thinking about it much ahead of it uh, yeah yeah but it's it's hard to make too many judgments right mm. now, isn't it? He obviously, you know, had a pretty decent amount of success with Essex, which is why he got the job as England bowling. Yeah, and it, you know, he really, you know, obviously there was he demonstrated with with that side and that job kind of you know clear progress taking a side from you know from point A to being champions. I don't know how far England are away from where we expect them to be slash where they want to be. But, it, you know, but it's, it's a decent journey they're going to have to go on. And yeah, no, I think, you know, if he's, if he's given, given time and, you know, yeah, I'm sure he can make a success of it. Obviously, it's, you know, it's an in-house promotion, isn't it? You know, yeah. he's, he's going to be close to the current setup. He's going to have to take on a different kind of man management role in that. But, but yeah, be interesting. Well, that, well, this is it. So, I mean, it feels, and this is maybe a bit harsh, but it feels like a somewhat underwhelming appointment, doesn't it? Like it's, it's kind of low key, maybe not massively it's not a box office appointment is it um they've not appointed kp or something. <laughs> yeah well that would be surprising <laughs> but yeah i mean i've seen it well vic marks wrote an article in guardian sort of saying that maybe people are underwhelmed because he's english i think sorry i think that's possibly you know that is i think is a fair point and uh, yeah it it is the same almost in in football as well isn't it now people kind of expect and, yeah, and you look at the hundred you know there's not an english coach there and that's supposed to be the new mm top tier domestic competition in the sexiest format of the game and you know and there's not an English coach there they're all they're mostly Australian and you know and a couple of other nations as well so yeah I do think I do think that is is a part of it yeah that may well be a part of it I think also there's just a feeling that like it needs to be a big name and that maybe we're kind of falling into the trap of what happens in football where you're kind of demanding big names all the time that kind of like announce announce Guardiola uh, school of thinking and that isn't fair and obviously Chris Silverwood A is English B was a bit of a journeyman player you know it would be different if like you know this is hope <laughs> I like him but this is hopefully not going to happen and I don't think would ever happen but like if they'd announced Michael Vaughan like he's English but that would be kind of a box office appointment it'd be a controversial appointment but you know someone who's who was a outstanding player former England captain something like that that would be a box office appointment this isn't because Chris Silverwood yeah he played a few tests I actually I have fond memories of him as a player uh, but that's just because I'm so nostalgic but uh, you're actually weeping now sorry take a second to, to compose myself <laughs> um, but you know so so all of that is part of it as you say he's been very successful as a coach at county level won the championship with Essex but for me the reason it's underwhelming and why it's a bit frustrating is not that he's not a big name it's that as you mentioned it is an in-house appointment he's come from inside the tent hasn't he He was someone who was in the setup already and this just comes back to what we talked about before of like where England are and where they think they are and all of that because that's it's kind of succession planning isn't it or I don't know how far in advance this was planned but you know a kind of succession plan where you know the person in the in the main role leaves and then someone from the layer the level underneath moves into it 
and that makes sense in a lot of ways. And if you think about it in terms of business, and obviously I'm an uh, an expert in the business world, but if you think about it in those terms, like that does make sense. If the CEO moves on, the, the, the kind of I don't know the, the vice president. Are these the term the terms thing? Uh, the vice president might take over. But like that, if you're a very successful company, name me a successful company, Tim. Apple. If you're Apple, then that perhaps makes sense. But if you're like Pizza Express, do you want... Apparently they're uh, doing okay there. Are they? (laughs) You're very defensive about Pizza (laughs) Express. Uh, I I do forget that you're the majority shareholder uh, in Pizza Express. I shouldn't have mentioned that. I don't know. If you were were Thomas Cook or something like that, you know what I mean? If you're you're a struggling, a failing company and you your CEO moves on and you promote the the next guy in line like that just doesn't that feels like not very sensible it surely makes sense to bring in someone from the outside now that's England the not Peter experience You're popping up on the business in the business yeah. pages now with your you know Adam Bayford business guru wake up to money with uh, <laughs> with Adam Bayford but no you know what I mean like England would you be selling England at the moment buy high sell low that's always been my philosophy um no, I don't know. England are not Thomas Cook, but they've been, in my view, not very good or at least kind of mediocre in test cricket for quite a long time. And it just feels like it would make sense to bring in someone from the outside to kind of shake things up a bit, offer a fresh perspective. I suppose the flip side of that is that they have been incredibly successful in white ball cricket. So it does make sense to kind of continue things, uh, continue that or have that kind of line of succession in white ball cricket but it does feel like now is the time that there really needs to be change in test cricket and this isn't a change appointment is it and it does there's just a an element of it that it just feels a little bit cozy like joe root has come out and said oh that's an outstanding appointment but he would say that and he you know it like to me it just feels like a bit of a missed opportunity but that said and this is very magnanimous tone i'm willing to give him time because (laughs) because he seems like a very likable guy he's had a lot of success and yeah uh, let's let's see how he gets on i mean yeah Uh, you you mentioned the test championship before so that's you know we'll we'll maybe talk about that in a minute but uh you know know, already the the whole his whole appointment is framed in the kind of you know it's all about winning the ashes (laughs) or doing something in australia in two years isn't it Mm. uh Mm. which it like oh that tea has gone cold mate you've left that for Is there anything left in the pot? Know, there is a bit. You made me a pot of tea today. I don't know, why I don't know what. Can you, just yeah. push, can you just hold the top down of the pot? Yeah. Uh, you've yeah. never made me a pot of tea before. Go away for a couple of months. It's all changed. Although you were quite annoyed when I first came in because you were eating a <laughs> Scotch pancake. They looked. I mean, let's be honest, Tony. You'd burnt it. It looked burnt. I, I said burnt it. I said, oh. It's burnt, as in, like, is that something you do with your Scotch pancakes? Is that, you know, does that make it nicer? And you got really annoyed. I just, like, that's like saying, though, like, you look at a lovely piece of steak with, you know, some charring or whatever, grill marks, yeah. and you've, like, you've burnt it. <laughs> you need a bit of coloration. Just a, a light, you know, it wasn't burnt. It was just a light coloration. But I, I wasn't, I wasn't saying, oh, you've burnt that. <laughs> I was asking, like, oh, it's a bit burnt. Is that kind you of... Came in, <laughs> All guns blazing, pointing the finger. Oh, you burnt your, <laughs> burnt your Scotch pancakes, have you? I jabbed my finger yeah, at you. Yeah. That is f***ing burnt, mate. <laughs> anyway, thanks for the cup of tea. Sorry, you were saying something about Chris Silverwood. I can't remember what. Uh, oh, no, just just about how it's already, you know, it's already about, you know, the ashes, isn't it? But, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's obviously, he's, he's straight, on, straight back on the horse. He's straight on the horse, isn't he? Because England are off to New Zealand shortly five t20s two tests and then for four tests in south africa uh over the winter so i mean it's yeah it's a really it's a quite exciting winter it never stops Tane, does it doesn't it, it yeah. never stops unless you're the world cricket show where you just take <laughs> just, a couple of months off whenever you feel like. when you fancy it but um you know well they've announced that squad for new zealand haven't they and the the, the big headline i kind of alluded to this is that johnny bairstow has been dropped what did you make of that or not selected we, we, you know, all right he's been not selected what, were you were you surprised by that? Does anything surprise you these days? <laughs> no, I wouldn't say I was surprised by it because <laughs> you know he he just yeah he obviously hasn't been firing has he yeah. for for a while. So I would have been surprised if he'd been picked. I think really see I think on one level it's not surprising at all because as you say he's really not been very good in Test cricket for 
quite a long time. And on recent podcasts, we have talked about his numbers this year with the bat. He's averaging 20, but it, that's a run that stretches back quite a lot longer than just this year. So yeah, it, on that level, it's not surprising at all, but I was very surprised because I just didn't think England were ever going to make that decision. I think there is that it's giving someone time and uh, at some point you've got to make a decision and I, you know, possibly it might turn into very much the right decision, you know, giving some, you know, clearing the decks a bit and you know, giving that person, that player who's clearly not in, you know, much Nick, a, you know, a bit of time to kind of just reset, you know, best obviously a very, very talented player and, you know, and this could just be the thing he needs. Yeah, so yeah, it might be the the right decision for all parties. I mean, he he was said to be shocked and disappointed. I mean, you know, disappointed is fair enough. Of course, he should be disappointed. But, uh, you know, shocked is a bit of a strange word because I don't really think you can have any complaints if you're Johnny Bairstow and you look at his numbers. Obviously, I wonder with Bairstow if... You know, he just thinks about the fact... Like, he's been, he's been in such magnificent form in white ball cricket that he maybe sees it as, like, as one big picture that he's been you know he's been performing for England hasn't he but not in test cricket yeah so I don't think he should have any complaints but it like I, I was pleased about that not because I've got anything against Johnny Bairstow personally and he's such a talented player that I do hope that he you know has a, a good break and comes back refreshed and and maybe you know nails down a place as a batsman in the middle order which England need and and he may well go on to do that but I was pleased about it because it does feel like a bit of a statement and having talked about the Silverwood appointment and it maybe being a bit cosy at times, it does just feel like that is a, it, you know, they have made a, a statement there by saying, you know, it is time for change. And some of the names they brought in, they've picked four uncapped players, Dom Sibley, Zach Crawley, Matt Parkinson, Saqib Mahmood. I mean, I'm not sure how much we'll see of Parkinson or Mahmood, but Sibley and Crawley could well play and it would be very interesting to see how they could get on. And these are young players, new faces, and that feels exciting. Yeah, I, I I think so for sure. And you know, by the sounds of it, and from what Silverwood said, you know, it, it, you know his emphasis is going to be on, you know, getting back to basics a bit. Uh, you know, just reining in that kind of all guns blazing style. And you know, but you know, Sibley is is the kind of player, you know, sort of weight of bull's face that you know that England kind of. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mm. So yes, it should be a, a very interesting winter. Obviously, all of these series are part of the Test Championship, uh, which is underway. Can you explain the Test Championship to me, Tone? <laughs> i put you on the spot there. It's complicated, isn't it? I've done some real digging. No stone unturned in uh, my five-minute podcast prep. Uh, and I found a website called Wikipedia, which explains the format. So just to kind of recap for people who perhaps haven't paid close attention to how the Test Championship works. The tournament will be played over two years. Each team will play six other opponents, three at home and three away. Each series will consist of between two and five Test matches. Therefore, all participants will not play the same number of Tests, but will play the same number of series. So the way that works is that depending on how many matches in the series there are, you're awarded a different number of points for a win or a draw. So in a two-test series, you get 60 points for a win and 20 points for a draw. In a five-test series, you get 24 points for a win and eight points for a draw. There's no points awarded for series results, but for match results only. Uh, 
and those points are split equally between all the matches in the series, regardless of whether or not a match is a dead rubber. Does that explain the the points system tone? Do you, yes, almost do you if you wrote that? the article. <laughs> but yeah, that's a good explanation. Six teams have played one series so far. India, obviously in the midst of their second series. So they're top of the tree at the moment with 200 points. Because they've won every game. They've won four from four. They've won, they beat West Indies twice in the West Indies. Mm-hmm. And they are now... In, a, in the midst, aren't they, of a three-test series at home against South Africa. And they've and won the first team. Yeah, pretty comprehensively. So then New Zealand are second with 60 points, having won one and lost one. Sri Lanka the same, because that was, you know, they played each other in that series. Then you come to Australia and England, who have played the most matches, the five matches of the Ashes series, and they've each got 56 points after two wins, two defeats, and one draw. West Indies and South Africa have no points, and Bangladesh and Pakistan have no points, but are both yet to play. So yeah, what does it all mean to And there's also the, what I assume will be the differentiator, the differential, the RPW ratio, oh God. which according to the table is the ratio of runs scored per wickets lost to runs conceded per wickets taken, which has already baffled me. So I'm not even going to try and get into that. It's quite, it's surprisingly long. Well, not that surprising, but it's a long article uh, on Wikipedia. Yeah, we should say that obviously uh, eventually the top two teams in the table will play off in the summer of 2021 to determine the winner. In this Wikipedia article, it's got a list of uh, all the series and that. And I can tell you that over the schedule, England will play the most tests. So they're going to play 22 matches. The fewest tests will be Pakistan and Sri Lanka are only playing 13 matches. And there is a list of who all these teams are not playing against in the cycle so because they only play the six series so for example India are not playing Pakistan or Sri Lanka Australia not playing Sri Lanka or West Indies uh, and so on and so on so what do you think about this tone have you been excited I mean we we, we and people have been talking about this for years haven't we Mm. Uh, in one form or another now it's here I don't know how I feel it's obviously it's it's probably at the opposite end of the uh, you know the sort of context spectrum to the hundred, isn't it? It's kind of <laughs> yeah. It's it's really one for the purist. I don't think this gonna. It's got the the concept of the World Test Championship. I'm not sure it's going to bring many fans to the sport. Mm. Uh, but that said, for you know, for people interested, I you know, I, I, it's probably not really going to come into play until the tail end, is it? When you know, perhaps the last couple of series for each mm. each side. When you're starting to look at who's going to be in those top two spots come the end. And obviously the, the, the you know, the finale, it'd be interesting at, at the very least. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm a little bit wary about this just because, you know, I've, I don't want to be sort of uh, nearly negative all the time. As you say, this we're, it's very early days and it might be that in two years time, we are excited about it, but it is, I'm struggling <laughs> to care. I have to say, and we'll see. And like as you say, one of the problems is that it is really complicated. I don't, I hope that listeners did keep up with what we were talking about there as I was reading I Wikipedia. Um, but like it is complicated to explain. It's it's pretty complicated to explain to people who are really into cricket. It's ve- it's very difficult to explain to people who aren't and are maybe sort of trying to get into it. But that's not necessarily the end of the world because, for example. Uh, the Nations League, which obviously started last year for the first time in football, that w- that's a pretty complicated thing to explain. But actually, once it got going, people understood it, and it was really good, wasn't it? You know, it was it was really successful, the first edition. Um, so it's not necessarily the end of the world. The complicated bits around, like there are some teams that you don't play, and all of that, like it might kind of all shake out, you know, in a perfectly uh, reasonable way. I do worry a bit about the different amounts of points for for whether it's a two test, three test, four test or five test series. It is difficult to get your head around in a way. And it also, I think, is just problematic. Like the fact that a two test series has the same weight as a five test series just instinctively just doesn't feel right, does it? No, I, I, think, I'm, I think I agree with you on that. It's, I mean, well... That's kind of how leagues work, though, in a sense, though, isn't it? Because if you, you know, not all points are derived equally. But yeah, no, I do. I, yeah, it, I think it needs some finessing. 
I just think that, I mean, this was actually a Virat Kohli suggestion that you should get more points for wins away from home. I think that, you know, I'm, I'm literally putting my thumb, my thumb up for you there. Too. I think that's a really good idea. For me or to Virat? <laughs> well, it was to you, but for Virat's idea, I get you two mixed up quite a lot. Um, but I, I just think like it, this is obviously is a, a, a problem that is difficult to resolve and it's it's a just a unavoidable fact about cricket but the the fact that we have these series that tests are played over series not individual matches i think that just has to be incorporated into the structure somehow because yeah like it just shouldn't be the case that a dead rubber that a win in that is worth the same as a a crucial match that would decide a five test series it doesn't so work. Saying, you need to get points for winning the series. You're saying maybe the points should be based on the series result. Then maybe it's the count back would be, mm. you know, individual test win tallies or whatever from within that. Well, I think so. But then it also probably needs to be weighted based on home or away and weighted based on how long the series was. But then th- that's also really complicated and has its own problems. In a way, I think you... Like, if you really want to do this, then you need to completely overhaul the whole test structure. Like, sort of forget about series and just have, like, one-off matches where you just get points for a win. But I don't want that. I don't think many people want that. But that, that to me, seems to be the only way that you could actually make this work. What they've done is kind of had this idea and tried to superimpose it on the existing schedule I'm just not sure it really works. My other, you know, what we've talked about in the past, my other big concern about this is I just think it's too long a time frame. It's two years before we're going to get to the 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 end of this championship, before we get to the, the playoff that decides it. I just, it's very hard to care at the moment about these results. And also over two years, and you, you, you're, the only uh, aim is to get in that top two. You know, for teams that are, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth in the table in a year and a half's time, does it actually make those test matches less consequential than they are at the moment? Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Like, if Sri Lanka are playing Bangladesh in a series in, uh, you know, in 18 months' time and neither of them have any prospect of getting into the top two, is that series actually less important than it would be without this structure? I don't, you know, I, I, yeah, it almost by association, it mm. kind of yeah it undermines it. But yeah, no, I think that's a good point. I, I mean, it's difficult. You could probably find us talking about this a lot over the last 10 years, and I, I can't really remember what I said. Uh, but no, no I think you're, you're definitely right. I mean, they're trying to solve a problem that exists. You've got to give them credit for that. You've got to give them credit for that, because it isn't, and it's not an easy problem to solve. And, you know, once again, this summer, you, know, you had people saying, well, you know, test cricket, here it is, alive and kicking. Yeah, and like, yeah. It's like, it's like the brilliant, yeah. but not such, you know, it's not the same story around yeah. the world at all times. I know. Yeah, it is that, the, the Ian Botham point, isn't it? Of People say test cricket is dying. Look around. Look around <laughs> you at this Ashes test at Lords. Loads of people here. Hey, no one's saying this is going to be set in stone forever. Maybe, you know, it's a decent first effort. Come come back, bring it back in a year's time or yeah. five years' time. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah, you, but you're right. It's a good attempt at a Scotch pancake. You have burnt the edges a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, arguably looking at it now, the just the test rankings is, is, is more kind of, you know, is a natural barometer, isn't it, of who's good at test cricket and actually for teams lower down the order of just chipping off other teams as they climb up the ladder is enough reward, you would think, but... Well, yes, although, yeah, the, the, I understand why they're, they're trying to introduce an element of... Uh, a final, if you like. Of, yeah, of, of like, almost like closure into that and like have a, a structure because, yeah, England, when they became number one in 2011, that was a very kind of proud moment and they were photographed holding the test mace and all of that. But it it's just not as significant or as memorable as if that had been like actually winning a tournament. And... Or a few years ago when New Zealand under Brendan McCullum were riding high. Actually, they are arguably riding high again now. But, um, you know, when they went through that little phase where they were one of the best team test teams in the world, if the test championship had been going on then, they'd have probably got into a final and potentially won a tournament. Whereas actually what happened is they were just high in the rankings for a while and then they began to fade and that's it. So I do, I completely understand it. And I think it's a it's a good try as you say, it is trying to resolve a problem that exists. 
I'm not sure they've cracked it. I really don't think they have cracked it, but it's a it's a good start to work from potentially. I mean, but you know, coming back to the sort of the Bayfield proposal that for some reason hasn't been picked up. I do feel because I you know we talk I've talked about the the problem of how you incorporate test series into this. For me, the series is what test cricket is all about, and that's what's so great about test cricket. So for me, it's actually go the other way and don't worry about a a championship, a, some kind of tournament, but just focus on test series and make test series longer because a a two test series is kind of disposable and a bit pointless, but a five test series has a narrative and a context of its own. You care about winning the series in and of itself much more when it has that kind of longer time frame. I understand that that's that has its own problems and a five test series where one team is hopelessly outmatched by the other becomes very tedious, but I'd look at going more that way. No, and no, I think that's a, a, a decent point. Uh, and, it, you know, that would probably necessitate some sort of two-tier yeah. system, wouldn't it? And, you know, it, it, somehow they've got to create more create more excitement about series. In you know, Obviously, it's pretty tough to replicate an Ashes elsewhere. Yeah, no, I think you're right. The emphasis on the series, you know, is that, you know, that's why people like the Ashes. Mm. If the Ashes was a two-test series, it would be much diminished yeah yeah i mean i guess for test cricket you know it's, it's a bit of a shame that like new zealand it's a bit of a shame that india and pakistan mm. don't play five test series because you know that would be a that would be you know one of the biggest events in cricket so it, that kind of undermines the yeah i don't know the, the, but they need to create you know cricket needs to somehow or for test cricket to thrive they do need to create mm. more interesting series Yes, absolutely. And I understand why people might say, well, that, I, like, because it is quite strange in a way that we care so much about series, you know, that that England winning a series in India feels like such an achievement because in a sense, it's like, well, what actually is that? <laughs> you know, what, what is the, what have you actually won there? It's a construct, isn't it? But that is actually true of everything. That's and actually, I, yeah, that's I do sport. think about that with uh, like the Premier League. Like people care so much about their team winning the Premier League, but it starts again like six weeks later. You know, it is all silly in a way. So I don't know that having a Test Championship fixes that because whoever wins this championship after two years, in a way, it's like, oh, great, well done. It starts again next week. Um, so that you know, that's always going to be true. So yeah, I'm not sure they've. Uh, I'm not sure they're quite there with this. But let's again to be magnanimous. Let's give it a chance. You're a very generous mood today, <laughs> Tone. I know you're very keen to talk about the hundred. I've got to say, I found it difficult <laughs> to bring myself to to, to lower yourself to, to to care about the latest developments. So can you um, can you fill me in? It, it, gladly, I think is the word. Uh, well, so the draft is on Sunday isn't it? Uh, and there's about 550 players, I think, who have submitted themselves uh, to the draft. Did you put yourself forward? I, I should, looking at the list of names, I probably should have done. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, mix of, of the kind of blockbuster international names and obviously domestic players as well and kind of just, you know, random players from around the world. So, that, I mean, that's going to be, it's going to be interesting itself. I think you're, you're going to have to watch the draft because... Yeah, I probably will. I... I if I was in any way running it, I would be absolutely bricking it because <laughs> you just know that there are like, I don't know, so many uh, eloquent people just waiting for, <laughs> waiting to rip it to shreds. Did it's they ask you to host it? <laughs> I don't think, I think I'd, I'd have passed it up <laughs> even if they'd offered me the big bucks. Uh, because, you, yeah, I mean, it's, it is, it's difficult to, it's difficult to, I don't know, find another example of something of any sort of product or anything that's been so widely slammed before it is even started, mm. but yet hasn't been scrapped. Yeah. Uh, it's quite astonishing the level of opposition yeah. to this. So it's, it's going to, however it plays out, it's going to be a spectacle. So they'll get what they want. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, basically the latest development that it's the draft on Sunday. We learnt the other week, didn't we? The, the names, well, we, we know we might know the teams ages ago, but we knew we now know the team names, the kits. For some reason, the teams had a choice of England's Red Bull cricketers, which I, I don't, yeah. I don't know why they didn't just like divvy up the World Cup squad and then take it from there. 
Uh, will we go for Rory Burns? <laughs> yeah, that's or, it. Yeah. That's it. London Spirit have got Rory Burns as their They're Red like, Bull cricketer. Marquee name. That is mental, isn't it? Yeah. There are some just very strange decisions that have had, like, you know, the thing we talked about ages ago with the Google image photo that they used as their sort of key promo picture. Just things that you think like, it's just basic. It's really basic. So it's, it's interesting. And so, yeah, the team's picked their Red Bull cricketer and then two local icons from the uh, from the counties that the, the teams are drawing from or, ba- you know, are supposed to be associated with or managed by or whatever it is. I mean, the, 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 the website, well, when the names were announced and, and all this kind of jazz, uh, all, of the, all of the teams have a sort of, not even, it's not a strap line, it's kind of like a mantra that they've been, someone has written. Did you read these? No, I'm I'm Googling it it now. I'll I'll read them out to you. It is an absolute masterclass in nonsense. (laughs) Yeah, so that's one of our iTunes reviews. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you a flavour of some of them. Okay. Uh, Birmingham Phoenix, rise with Birmingham Phoenix and thrive together as one. Bigger, brighter, and better united, this team is a celebration of the strength in diversity because different is good. London Spirit. London Spirit's... <laughs> Adam's visibly cracking up. Breaking into pieces. London Spirit is an iconic team for an iconic city, rooted in tradition and lighting the way to the future with a unique ability to conjure something special. Manchester Originals, pioneers, revolutionaries, celebrating a global city of firsts, laughing in the face of limits, raising the bar forever higher. Laughing in the face (laughs) of limits? What what does that mean for a cricket team? Step aside for Northern Superchargers, a team whose drive and determination is matched only by their desire to win, powered by positivity and people who get stuff done when every ball counts. I mean, I I don't even want to read the rest. Follow Southern Brave and go boldly where others shy away. Endlessly curious with an insatiable appetite for adventure. It's like a dating profile <laughs> with an insatiable appetite for adventure. What's over the horizon? That is your I- Tinder bio, isn't it? <laughs> I knew I'd read that somewhere. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is, if nothing else, it's going to be just... I would genuinely love to know. I w- yeah, I'd have loved to have been a fly on the wall when they were writing those. I've seen a few people quoted... You know, sources quote or sources sort of familiar with the matter or people quoted sort of saying there was sort of several sources who've kind of compared it to W1A. Right, yeah. The whole kind of process, you know, the, the BBC so, kind yeah. of spoof comedy all about like just nonsense marketing kind of speak and nonsense kind of management and all mm. this kind of stuff. So I, I mean, don't know. That is, that is embarrassing, isn't it? That's genuinely embarrassing. So anyway, we'll see. Yeah, the uh, the draft is on Sunday. The, the women's... Uh, tournament or the sort of draft I think it's happening slightly differently the player there's not going to be a draft for that some of the you know the England players have been the centrally contracted players have been divvied out two to each team and I think they're just negotiating players as they go I mean it's quite baffling you know like Welsh Fire which is supposed to represent Somerset and Gloucestershire and Glamorgan obviously yeah but like if you're like Somerset what Association of Somerset got with Wales. Well, and it also will put people yeah. off. It actively puts people off. Again, basic. You are so basic, is what I would say to uh, Tom yeah. Harrison. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people watching on TV. I think that's the fair first to say. match, yeah. definitely. How many people are actually there? Yeah. Because by the sounds of it, no one is going to go from <laughs> who's got any association with county cricket. In which case, what, you know, what does that leave? Well, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? It's going to be very interesting to see how it pans out, and maybe it will. Maybe you know, maybe it will be a success. Maybe they'll they'll <laughs> maybe their marketing will be so effective, and there's good reason to think that it will be, judging on what we've seen so far, um, that it will bring in this whole new audience. But it, I, you know, we've talked about this at length, but I just think they're massively barking up the wrong tree. They've com- they, you know they've completely missed the point. I mean, yeah. The other another aspect is that England are going to be playing, uh, you know, ODIs against Australia while this tournament's on, and then a Test series against Pakistan. So, you know, most of those England players yeah. who have been sent to these teams aren't going to be involved. I don't know. It's just yeah. If you're going to have a, a standalone tournament, I don't know, make it shorter and have all the England players involved for all the games, so that at least you know 
who's going to be there? This is the problem, though. It's a bit like the Test Championship as well. It's a problem with a, with so much of, of cricket. is It's just a bit of a fudge because there are so many considerations and, and you're not starting from scratch. If you, if you said, right, we're scrapping all cricket tomorrow and we're going to start from scratch with a new structure, you'd never design this. But there are so many different organisations involved and so many different sort of people that you have to keep happy that it's just really difficult to do so yeah like the fact that the t20 blast is continuing and they're adding the hundred and that's happening at the same time as internationals i mean it you know it makes no sense but they like it all ends up being a bit of a half measure because it has to i'm not hopeful tone i'm not hopeful about the hundred but we'll see we need to wrap up in a sec but i think you wanted to uh, mention as well a T20 competition that's happening in the UAE. Uh, yeah, no, just worth mentioning, isn't it? The T20 World Cup qualifier, which starts on Friday, uh, as you say, in the UAE, uh, 14 teams are there. So this is the, I mean, I guess it's self-explanatory, but it's the qualifier for the World T20 in Australia. T20 World Cup. Sorry, the T20 World Cup. Always get confused. Uh, in Australia next October. So you said 14 teams. 14 Who's teams. There? Uh, six of them are going to go, I think, are going to progress. It is uh, Scotland, Netherlands, Papua New Guinea, Namibia, Singapore, Kenya, and Bermuda in Group A. And then UAE, Ireland, Oman, Hong Kong, Canada, Nigeria, and Jersey in Group B. So it's going to be, I mean, it'll be a, it's going to be a cracking tournament. For people who are unaware, in your day job, yeah. you're a Channel Island you're a sports reporter <laughs> for uh, ITV Channel TV. Um, so you're, you're covering this. Um, you're covering Jersey's appearance at the tournament. How do you rate their prospects? Remind me who's in their group. I know you just said it, but I wasn't listening. Uh, so in Jersey's group, yeah, it's UAE, the hosts, uh, Ireland, Oman, Hong Kong, Canada, and Nigeria. So yeah, Jersey start against Nigeria on Saturday. And yeah, I don't know. It's a winnable game. They've isn't got, it? yeah, I think so. Yeah, they've got a real outside chance. I think, um, yeah, you know, it's it, it's it's hard to be sure of anything, of course. But they'll be going into it quietly, confident of of causing a bit of a shock. Uh, so they, they qualified for the the last one in 2015. That was the first time they played at this sort of global qualifier, and they beat Nepal and Hong Kong. They won two games, and I think they'll be disappointed if they don't win at least one or two more than they did last time mm. so yeah i mean it's going to be uh it's going to be interesting and they are you know they're a good outfit they've played a lot of cricket uh they've got a really good mix of kind of you know a bit of experienced players you were there before some good youngsters you know good balanced outfit they're, they're, they you know they know each other really well really sharp really well drilled and some dangerous players they've definitely kind of pulled the head of guernsey a bit in the last few yeah. years and it's probably fair to say and we talked about it at the time but the um the was it world cricket league what was here t20 uh, so, European the, so t- this yeah this summer in guernsey was the t20 europe final that's it t20 world cup europe final which was you know the winner of which yeah went through to this tournament and um jersey were very impressive in that tournament including some outstanding fieldings and yeah they're really good incredible fielding catches side. and yeah as you say i mean nigeria they're the team that came zimbabwe were kicked out or they have now been readmitted i think to the icc uh, but Nigeria came in as their replacement, so you know they'll they'll be backing themselves to win that. Hong Kong have have been in a bit of turmoil recently. The UAE have had a few players as well drop, uh, have been omitted or kind of kicked out the squad this week, I think. So they're you know not necessarily in the best place. So yeah, I mean it's going to be it's going to be really interesting. They've the Jersey played Kenya. Well, they went to Qatar for a three T Twenty I series, and then they've played two warm ups on the ground in Abu Dhabi. Beat Kenya by seven wickets and then beat Singapore yesterday by six wickets. So they're, they're, you know, they're in good shape. It's going to be quite exciting to see how they do. Definitely. We'll, we'll be right across it here on the World Cricket Show when we do our next episode in two and a half months. No, that's not true, is it? We are going to be back sooner next time. Things are settling down a bit now, aren't they, Tone? You know, I've still got a baby, but he's, uh, I've, you know, I'm just letting Elena get on with it really now. I'll, I'll uh, check in with him again when he's 18. Yeah. You've had your fill. So yeah, we'll be we'll be back soon to talk more cricket, to to you know to discuss that T20 qualifier and to look ahead to England series in 
New Zealand and South Africa this winter. Also, lots of series happening around the world. India at home, South Africa at the moment, as we say. Um, so lots of cricket coming up over the next few months, which is very exciting. In the meantime, if you enjoy the World Cricket Show, you can get involved on social media. We're on Facebook at Cricket Show. We're on Twitter at Cricket Show. We're on Instagram at World Cricket Show because uh, someone stole the at Cricket Show handle. No followers, no posts, but we can have it. <laughs> um, send us an email, worldcricketshow at gmail.com if you want to take issue with any of Tony's bonkers views. Um, and if you want to support the show, there's a couple of ways you can do that. You can do it uh, with a bit of cash from your pocket on patreon.com slash cricket show. Pledge a regular amount uh, to uh, help keep us in business. And we are very grateful to all of our patrons. Uh, or you could, if you don't want to give us any money, you could simply write an iTunes review uh, in which you criticise us for disappearing when England lost the ashes. Or, or perhaps something nicer. Because uh, we do uh, we do massively appreciate all of those reviews. It does help to bring new people to the show. All right, well, let's bring this to an end then, Tone. <laughs> Stay in school, everyone. We'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye for now. Cheers. Can smell your fear. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.